Welcome to What the Fog, the podcast. I'm Louise. And I'm Michelle. And we love to have honest, open, and often ridiculous conversations about all things midlife. Usually over coffee. And we'd love you to join us. There'll be cringy moments. There'll be tears. There'll be raw moments. But there'll be plenty of laughs too. Oh, definitely laughs. So if you're a woman of a certain age, come and join our conversation as we talk about health, beauty, music, books, fashion, and of course, our fog moments. So grab your favourite cuppa, get comfy, and let's let's chat. chat. Hello, lovely listeners. Welcome to this bonus episode of the What The Fog podcast. We have a very special guest in for you this episode, the lovely Emily Foster from A Gutsy Menopause. The clue is in the title. She's named it really well. Now, you know that here at What The Fog, we talk about gut health a lot And that's with good reason, because it affects so much, generally in health, but particularly in midlife and menopause. So let's listen to what the incredible Emily, qualified dietitian and nutritionist and specialist in midlife gut health, has to say that can help us. Enjoy. So hi, everybody. Welcome to this um what the fog podcast bonus session yes it is our guest expert is in the house um we are talking to the lovely emily foster from a gutsy menopause and you know that gut health is a massive passion of ours we talk about it a lot and um thankfully emily reached out and said hi (laughs) i know a little bit about gut health Um, I'm pick me <laughs> and we said well that's one of our favorite subjects yeah so thank you for coming along Emily it's so lovely to meet you and see your lovely face on screen as well so yeah we'll yeah. make sure our community see you at some point yeah. as well so um but do you want to because you can do it much better than we can would you like to introduce yourself and um what your business about how you came to it maybe Sure, absolutely. So thanks so much for having me on, first of all. And uh, yeah, I sort of scour the internet for menopause related gut chats. uh, And, um, and I found, you know, what the fog and it went from there. So thank you very much for having me on. I really appreciate it. And um, I'm a nutritionist and registered dietitian. So I'm registered in both Canada and the UK. So that's my accent. Uh, Not that I have anything against Americans, but I often, you know, get asked, are you American or Canadian? So I like to just throw that out there up front. Um, And uh, yeah, so I've been a dietitian for the past 10 years, um, predominantly working for the past eight in women's health. So I have a nutrition consultancy and and recently launched um, a gutsy menopause, which is my private practice that specifically looks at gut health um, in perimenopause and beyond. So I work with a lot of women who are having troubles with things like acid reflux, constipation, which I know is something that you've talked a lot about on the podcast. And hopefully, um, you know, I can I can give you some insight onto why the inulin might have worked uh, a little later in the episode. But yeah, so um, I'm really passionate about gut health because I have IBS myself. I've had it since I was a teenager um, and I've had, you know, scopes up, scopes down uh, and, and all the right way around. And I know how exhausting and disheartening it can be uh, when you already have a busy life to then have these gut symptoms pop up and cause discomfort and stress and all that stuff that goes along with it. So I'm really passionate about helping women to get rid or at least manage those symptoms. Um, because usually, uh, and you know, as you both know, um, Michelle and Lou, we see, we see, uh, you know, gut issues happening around the menopause for a lot 
a lot of women. Um, yeah, so that's me. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Oh, wow, Emma, that's, that's amazing. You sound, we need you in our life all the time. Permanently. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we think it's going to be a regular slot for you. You sound fantastic and yeah. so um, informative on everything. So yeah, we're just going to let, uh, what do you think? Let's just go yeah, in with the constipation thing. Well, yeah, but I think um, you just mentioned before we came on air, Emily, that we were talking, weren't we, about how confusing perimenopause and menopause can be because there are so many different symptoms. Everybody experiences something different or to a different degree. Mm. Um, and it can be really hard to pin down, can't it? What is menopause related? What might be something else? Yeah. Um, and I've, well, you can tell us this, but I feel like gut health is important whether or not, you know, whether it's a general health issue. Absolutely. Perimenopause menopause post-menopause issue gut health can help anyway can't it yeah absolutely and you know I think it's always great to start off these chats by sort of caveating you know as and I was listening to another podcast recently um, and they were also gut experts but I think right across the board anyone who's working in in gut health as a healthcare professional will tell you if you've seen uh, new symptoms or if you've seen a change in either the severity or the frequency of your symptoms it's a chat that you want to have with your GP absolutely I mean we always want to double check that there isn't anything else going on I mean god forbid most people think of of bowel cancer when I say that and there's a lot in the media about that at the moment with bowel babe I don't know if you guys are familiar with her or not um, but brought a lot of visibility to bowel cancer Um, but there are other things that could be going on as well that you just want to make sure you get checked out with your GP so although we see a lot of sort of I call them digestive disturbances in perimenopause and beyond we just want to double check in and, and make sure that there's nothing else going on there so I think that's the first thing but I think you're absolutely right Michelle it's really important that we look at gut health as something you know we view it as something important regardless of whether we're having challenges or not Absolutely. Um, Do you want me to go into a little bit about why sometimes these things happen in perimenopause specifically? Would that be useful to know? That was just going to be our next question. Yeah. So what, you know, (laughs) what are the things that people come to you with the most? Because the the thing we try to do with our community is reassure them. So we know, you know, the reason we started this is because there was so much fear when we started in perimenopause. We had no clue what was happening. Mm-hmm. So many different symptoms. We didn't, we just, it didn't occur to us that any of it could no. be menopausal. Um, so there's a lot of fear. And what we try to do with our community is reassure them that it's it's not necessarily something serious. It could be as simple as getting on top of your gut health. So yeah, yeah that would be fantastic if you don't mind. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So in a nutshell, um, you know, we all know that, well, maybe we don't know. So progesterone and estrogen, they don't, it's not a steady decline, right? And that's why with, with menopause in particular, there's not one blood test to say, yes, you're in perimenopause or, you know, um, and because our hormones are all over the place and it takes a while for things to settle down and get to a level that's, you know, basically quite low. And that will stay that way unless you take HRT for the rest of your life. Um, And so when that estrogen and progesterone is fluctuating, we can see a change in our bowel movements, but particularly we see a decrease in what we call gut transit time. Um, So I always say to my clients, it's like a gorier version of head, shoulders, knees, and toes. You have right into the mouth all the way through um, to your anus. So from when you eat into the toilet, and I always feel a bit awkward when I say anus on podcast, especially with my Canadian accent. Anyways, here we go. 
Um, so yeah, so we see a decrease in gut transit time. And what that means is that things basically move through our gut slower than they would have done earlier on in our lives. Now, I will caveat that, like health is individual for everybody, um, some women might experience the opposite. So I do see some women who are experiencing diarrhea. Most often, they perhaps have IBS and maybe have dealt with that earlier on in their life. But that's another example that if you were to have that symptoms, you'd, you'd want to talk to your GP about that to get anything checked out. But more often than not, uh, because of that slow in gut transit time, we see a couple of things happening. So number one, um, when things move through our gut slower, A, we think quite intuitively that that could be you know, a cause for constipation. So that can definitely occur. The second thing is that if things are moving through our gut slower, it leaves more time for those foods to ferment. And we can see more things like gas and wind and bloating, which can be, you know, lots of people uh, laugh, you know, when, when they say they've got gas or wind and they're farting a lot. And but, you know, that can be really embarrassing for a lot of women, but it also can be really painful. Um, so sometimes, particularly if you already have IBS, we have a more sensitive gut lining and that can make things like bloating, gas and wind even more painful. So something to be aware of. And then the third thing, when our gut transit time slows, we can be at higher risk for things like acid reflux. So things are sitting in, in our stomachs for a bit longer, and it gives them just more, more of a chance to come back up and, and create that irritation. So that's roughly what's happening. Um, the other thing with constipation, I'm going here. So if you want to jump in, please no. do. It's a very open conversation, this, in our community. Uh, in fact, we've just released our latest podcast episode that is all about pooforia. <laughs> yeah, so I, I did listen to that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's real. Pooforia is real. Absolutely. Absolutely. So do no, all I was going to say was was wrap up really to say that when we see a decrease in estrogen, we also see an increase in cortisol. So you might have heard of cortisol before. It's sort of known as the stress hormone. Um, it increases in women as we age anyways. Uh, so it's important to keep our stress levels under control. But particularly cortisol has been associated with um, people who have IBS, particularly the type that's related to constipation. So it's all there's all of this stuff happening. But in general, the the thing that I sort of like to simplify it, um, to explain, to simplify it is that really a lot of these things are stemming from a decrease in gut transit time. There can be a lot of other things going on, but ultimately that's really the easiest way um, to, to help women understand it because essentially that is what's going on. That's wow. fascinating that it's linked to anxiety as well, because that's yeah. another thing that our ladies in our community talk about a lot. And I, that's definitely mm -hmm. one of my challenges. Mm -hmm. Um, and I can imagine that because of the issues with gut health, it, it can cause stress. But I didn't realize that about cortisol. So that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Really interesting. I mean, I personally, I know if I don't go for quite a few days, I start to get stressed then. I could feel Absolutely. Because my stomach gets harder and swollen. And then I'm already thinking when it does happen, I'm going to be in some serious pain. I've had, I will not divulge, but I had one time <laughs> I thought I was giving birth. <laughs> to a watermelon basically yeah it was horrific it was horrific and that then that it's like that it stays in your mind something like that because I think I can't get to that point again it was awful mm. so do you recommend like certain foods which are good or you know I've mentioned that inulin which I've been help it's been helping me down definitely um but eating smaller little meals rather than three meals yeah. that everyone says you should have is little and often better 
how do we balance that yeah because yeah. it, it, like you were saying some ladies come to you with diarrhea so how do we get that to that midpoint yeah. Yeah. where we're not going too far but we are speeding up that transition yeah, absolutely. So there are a couple of things. So really when I, when I work with women in, in the clinic, I have, I call it like the gut calm formula and it's not that exciting. Basically the acronym for it is names. So you have, we look at the important thing with gut health, regardless of what it is that we're looking at. So, you know, in terms of treating symptoms like um, reflux or diarrhea or constipation, we want to look at the whole picture. So um, for N it's nutrition for a it's activity for M it's mindfulness for E, it's enjoyment, and I'll circle back to that. And for S, it's sleep. So that's roughly, I mean, that's something that I've made up so people help, you know, it helps people to remember it all. Um, but in in a nutshell, it's that holistic approach to gut health that is super, super important. Um, so nutrition obviously p- plays a really important role, but so do all these other things. So um yeah. So in terms of what I suggest from a food perspective, I guess I'll start with that, that first with the N. Um, so for nutrition, particularly, I mean, the key takeaway is fiber. So fiber is really, really important. And that's why, was it you, Lou, who were mentioned, who was mentioning the piece about inulin in, in the previous episode? Yeah. Okay. Um, so for those of you who didn't maybe catch that, so Lou had mentioned that Inulin had made a really big impact on her bowel movement. So she'd been able to go to the bathroom and you're not alone with that at all. Usually the reason is, is because Inulin is a type of fiber. So um, you might also see um, people adding in things like flax or linseeds ground into their foods. That's another great example. And sometimes what I will caveat that with is I, I, in general, when I'm talking to people, I'll say, you know, it's, it's good to increase our fiber. So in the UK, the guideline is around 30 grams per day. And I encourage all of your listeners to go away today and just have a look at a couple of foods, maybe, you know, a box of cereal or, um, you know, the loaf of bread that you have or whatever it is, have a look at how much fiber is in that serving. And then you will quickly realize that without some concerted effort, it's going to be really difficult to get to that 30 grams a day. So it is a conscious thing. So what I would suspect is that whether you're adding in inulin or whether you're uh, adding in uh, flax or linseeds, um, chia seeds as well can be really great for this. Um, You know, you're increasing your fiber intake. So it's helping you to get to that sort of guideline of 30 grams per day. And fiber is basically the type of carbohydrate that we don't digest. So it moves through our gut and it provides really food for the bacteria in the colon. So sort of our our lower intestines. And that's really positive for our, you know, our gut flora. So all the the microbes and things that are that are partying in our guts, Um, whether we like it or not, they're down there. And uh, yeah, so so fiber is really, really key. So I think the one thing I will say is that if you're struggling with diarrhea, um, then it's something, you know, protect, p- potentially uh, there are types of IBS that swing. And, and maybe like you were mentioning, Michelle, how do you get to that happy middle? Because a lot of people swing from constipation to diarrhea back to constipation. And that's really frustrating. So getting that balance of fiber right, and it's going to be different for each person, but getting that balance right can be really, really helpful. So that can be through vegetables, fruits, grains. It could also be through things like inulin and, and flax seeds as well. That's really Brilliant. good. Yeah, um, so interesting. Yeah, the inulin and the flax seeds, I do that. And But again, like you said, I have to be really careful with certain vegetables and certain foods because that can send me the other way. Which Absolutely. Can be, 
equally as distressing wherever you may be if you're at work or in in an office in a restaurant or something so yeah you've got to kind of be really mindful of what works for you haven't you and I think for now I'm I'm kind of getting it it's a balance and it's been really good for me personally that inulin has helped massively yeah with I think things. it's a case of not being scared to, to play around with it as yeah, well I think absolutely if initially because it's something you're not used to if it goes too far the other way you're going to the toilet too much don't be frightened and go back to where you were just pull back a little bit just take your foot off the accelerator a little bit yeah and then just find a level that's right for you would it be right in saying that Absolutely. And people are so hard on themselves, aren't they? Particularly women, we're so bad for it. You know, I failed or this hasn't worked or I did it wrong. And the reality is, you know, you could be taking a a tablespoon of flax every single day. And then, you know, three weeks later, you have diarrhea as an example. And you think, oh my goodness, but that, you know, the flaxseed might not even be the cause. So I think, I think there's, you know, um, go slow when you begin to add more fiber into your diet or you're trying anything new so that you can kind of, manage if there are going to be any symptoms a you don't get them as quickly or as severely and b um you you know you might not get them at all so go slowly and see how things are working before you you know and just before we off nutrition can i just ask you something because there's a couple of ladies in our group that are um because it's uh, this time of year it's being promoted everywhere juice diet fresh juice diet now my understanding is and i've got a little bit of experience of this is that juicing you lose quite a lot of the fiber Yes. Um, so blending is better than juicing. I mean, or should it? Just yes, in a nutshell. In a nutshell, I mean, you're not. You're absolutely not wrong, Michelle. You're not wrong. So we do say that blending's a bit better because you get the skins and the seeds, even though they're blended up. Um, there is something to be said for chewing, right? That's that's where the digestion starts. So psychologically, that's really important. Um, but in terms of the juice diet, I or even blending. When we're around perimenopause, blood sugar, uh, trying to keep our blood sugar stable is also really important. And when you're having things like shakes and smoothies, of course, unless this is something that you're having to do because of some medical thing that you're doing, um, it's not something that I tend to recommend mostly because it's not, you know, psychologically, it's very difficult for people to, to follow that. And also, um, you know, sometimes I see quite a few people eating more when, when they're on, when they're on, um, smoothies or when they're finished that diet, they'll, you know, they'll make the weight back. If the reason why you're going on it is, is, is to lose weight. So in a nutshell, yes, you write about the fiber. And if you like a smoothie in the morning or, or, what have you, that's great. But in terms of having, doing that as a diet, I, I really can't recommend that. Fantastic. Yeah. That's really good to get that clear. <laughs> really good. Thank you. I'll be really helpful to the ladies. Um, so have you got any other questions? Well, I'm just wondering, you know, what you said about your, your acronym, the names, I really like that. I mean, I know we haven't got a hell of a lot of time now, so I'm just maybe next time you're on, if you want to <laughs> we can work through that, the activity, isn't it? And then yeah. the, that, uh, that yeah. kind of thing. But I, I think just what you've been explaining then is really, really helpful for me as well. I'm just, I think it's just, you have to go with your own body and learn what you're good at, what you don't like, what likes you. This broccoli does not like me and I'm yeah. sure it likes me when I have broccoli. <laughs> so let's put it out there. So there's certain food on a, if I'm an out for a meal, go, I can't eat that. No, I'm not having that. Yeah. So you just have to, you know. I'm with you, chickpeas. Yeah. Oh, but never mind. <laughs> You've been on this plane 50-odd years now. You do know what, what's good for yeah. you and what's not good for us. It's such a personal journey, isn't it? You're absolutely right. And I suppose that's why we need to consult with specialists. Because yeah. sometimes 
it's hard to find that balance yourself and yeah it takes a lot of time to search around and get the right research yeah, so I think, you know, we want people like you Emily to come on and share so if you were going to leave us with just a couple of things maybe that are a really good place to start something really good to start with that you think are most important what would that be Sure. So the first one, again, circling back to the fiber. So, you know, really my first takeaway is just, you know, bring awareness to that. So have a look at a couple of items you've got in your house that maybe you eat quite often that have a label on them and just have a look at the amount of fiber per serving. And remember, we're trying to get to 30 a day. Um, So just make yourself aware of that. And then from there, if you think that maybe, wow, like, probably aren't, I'm not getting that much fiber at all, uh, looking to increase that slowly in your diet. So that could be an extra serving of fruit and veg. It could be, you know, switching your bread to be something, you know, more whole grain, really simple, simple stuff, but can make a very, very big difference. So that's the first thing. And then the second and last thing I will say is take stress management seriously, because it has a massive impact on your gut. And I could talk a lot about that, but I won't because I know we're run out of time. But that is so important. I think that's definitely that's another definitely conversation one. we have to have because it, yeah. it's something it, you'll see from our community. We champion a lot. And I know, yeah, you do. know, it's kind of, maybe we talk about it too much because when people, it's like children being shouted at a lot, isn't it? It becomes <laughs> number to it. <laughs> but we talk about self-care so much because it's mm-hmm. such an important part of that menopause journey, of the life journey anyway, but certainly yeah. menopause journey. But can I just ask you, if so we've talked about things that we can try and introduce a little bit more, anything we should try and cut out? Um, No. So I, you know, I'm really careful with, with giving, you know, suggestions to eliminate things. The one thing I would say in that vein is I use um, uh, an app with a lot of my patients called My Symptoms, and that's a food symptom diary app. And I'm pretty sure that that's free. Like you probably pay for some extra stuff, but and I don't have stocks or shares in uh, in My <laughs> Symptoms, and there are lots others available. However, um, you know, being your body's best detective can, you know, teaching yourself how to do that can be really helpful. And that's how, I mean, like you said, Lou, uh, you know, by the time you're 50, you know, that broccoli probably doesn't agree with you, but there can be instances where you think, gosh, I think, you know, I think every time I have something like this, it's not sitting well, but I don't have enough evidence to really you know, show a healthcare professional or anything like that. So keeping a food symptom diary or using an app like my symptoms can be really helpful. And then you can share that information uh, with a healthcare professional that can perhaps support you should you need it. That's brilliant. Didn't know about that app. So thank you. Yeah, that's really useful. And there's so many, I'm already building a bit of a list in my mind of other things, health related that we need to talk about, like the anxiety, like uh, skin conditions. Oh, yes. so, skin, you know, I've definitely. got a whole skin condition going on at the moment, so I definitely want to talk more about that. Yeah. So I think this definitely has to oh, be a series. It needs to be another episode, <laughs> just purely on this. I know, I know. If I've been to the toilet quite regularly in the week, my eyes look brighter. Definitely, yes. they like yeah. sparkle. And, yeah, <laughs> isn't that strange how that can happen? Um, That's pufuria. It's pufuria for you. <laughs> We'll leave, yeah, we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. Oh, Emily, it's oh, been so, an absolute pleasure, yeah. hasn't it? And just before you go, can you tell everybody how they can find you yes, and how anything. they can work with you? Absolutely. So my Instagram handle is at a underscore gutsy. So that's G-U-T-S-Y underscore menopause. So that's the best way to find me um, is on Instagram. And or you can also visit me on my website. And that's a gutsy menopause.com. 
always fantastic. And who knew talking about poo would be so much fun either? <laughs> it's a blast. It's a blast. <laughs> Let's hope not. It's a blast. No, no, no. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Emily, thank you yeah, so, much. so much. It's been an absolute joy. It has. And uh, we'll see you next time. We will. Awesome. Thanks, ladies. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to What the Fog, the podcast. With me, Lulu. And me, Michelle. If you've enjoyed the conversation, invite your friends along to join in. And share your What the Fog moments with us. You can email us at chat at whatthefog.com. Or you can share with us on our Instagram at whatthefog. That's W-O-T underscore the underscore fog. Or why not join our private Facebook group? We're 100% self-funded, so if you have liked what you hear, maybe you would like to buy us a coffee. All donations go towards hosting this All the links are in the show notes. So until next time, stay sane. Don't lose it. <laughs>